Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining us on tonight's program. June Bay Lou kicks off the program with Julia Lee a little bit under the weather. And she looks at all the stocks that might look really interesting because of the, all this war talk and all the fear that has led to the market selling off. She pinpoints the stocks that she really likes, has a lot of a, pre, a big preference towards healthcare stocks and uh, a couple of tech stocks she thinks are really look like great value at this point in time. Then Raymond Chan of Morgan's looks at the three stocks he thinks, the blue chippers, that look like really good value with everyone a little bit worried about a war in the Ukraine. And he also has a special stock that I made him give us that he thinks is what he's actually keeping an eye on because he does think it's going to be a big rebounder down the track. And finally, Paul Ricard evaluates whether you should be buying more of BHP. Paul and I liked it when it was around $35, $37. It's now around $50, so it's been a nice rebound. But should you think about buying it? if you haven't got it, or should you add more to it if you're holding BHP? Paul and I go through that very interesting issue. So let's kick off with June Bailu of Tribeca Alpha Plus. Thanks for joining us, June Bailu. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for having me, especially on this um, incredible day. Yeah. Why is it so incredible? Look, the market's again gone into risk off and we're pretty much just seeing panic selling across a lot of sectors. And of course, at the same time, um, you're seeing uh, investors not only piling into safe haven um, sort of uh, uh, assets, they're actually piling into um, all the resource and energy related names. Um, is the market going over the top, on your opinion, in, in, in its fear? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, it is really, um, you know, selling the stock first before they're asking any questions. Um, you know, clearly we've seen the airlines, some of those travel names being sold off a lot. Qantas down over 7%. Um, and um, this is on the back of very, very weak performance over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, quite rightly, energy prices going higher. But, you know, to be quite frank, you know, a lot of those airlines, um, uh, the the oil pet, oil price is already been hedging in. We're talking about something that's going to happen in one year's time. And, um, you know, we'll have to see if the oil really remain that high for the next 12 months. But certainly market is really selling everything um, and then we'll revisit it once we have certainty. Is the fear at the moment that the West might physically get involved in a, a shootout with Russia? I think so, because when we talked to the initial conflict was uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine, um, you know, it was reasonably contained. And, you know, when you look at the economic impact from Ukraine and Russia is really uh, down to some uh, soft commodities and, um, and, and energy was the biggest impact. But now if you have more and more country going into it, uh, there will be, um, you know, spillover into the rest of Europe, then it's a much bigger deal. And then, you know, there's a lot of trading partners with that region and then so many more sectors and corporates uh, will be impacted, um, you know, not to mention, um, you know, today's economy, everything's quite global. So uh, we already have a supply chain issue. And now this could put further pressure across, um, you know, every level. Okay, so it's uncertainty, that's the driver. If it turns out that, you know, the powers that be like Biden, like NATO, uh, the EU leadership, um, you know, really are afraid of going to a full-blown war and ultimately diplomacy 
comes up with a solution, would you expect an enormous rebound of the stock market? Absolutely. You know, we have seen a, um, you know, stock market, the US stock market, our stock market has proven in the past many decades to be very resilient towards uh, most of the geopolitical conflicts. Um, and so, you know, some of them did involve um, some sort of, um, you know, war. And that was the time when uh, Russia took over Crimea a few years ago and share market really recovered very quickly. Um, so once it's contained, you should expect very quick rebound um, of the share market because uh, we know everything else uh, in terms of economic recovery and everything else is going well. And if anything, the current uncertainty is potentially dampening some of the uh, expectations of rapid increase in interest rate by the Fed. So, um, you know, so so in a way, it's actually going to create this easy monetary conditions or, um, you know, cheaper money for longer sort of condition for the share market. So that is all very positive. But of course, it's just the short term that we don't know how bad it will get. And that's why you see investors okay. just sell first um, before asking okay. any questions. So, so companies that you like long term are now cheaper to buy. Have you been buying some, some of those companies? And if so, what? Absolutely. The easiest one is really um, absolutely the healthcare sector. Um, you know, if you look at some of the healthcare names, they have underperformed, um, not because of the war, they underperformed because they were expensive companies um, and relative to the rest of the uh, rest of the um, other sectors, resources, uh, resources sector, for example. So when earlier on, when there's expectations of high interest rate going higher, all these companies being sold off 20, 30% in January. Um, so we started picking those big blue chip names things like cochlear things like csl and even resumes looking very attractive and all of them have reported pretty good numbers um you know so cochlear and csl have reported very strong numbers and since then share price come off again so you know the, all of that together makes these companies absolutely stand out when there's a rebound it is these companies that will have um you know uh, will be the first one to move and remember when we do have sustained high inflation you do need these market leaders structural growth leaders because they have um pricing power they can pass through price increases that their earnings uh, growth is not going to be impacted by um, you know inflation or anything else these companies will continue to grow so you know absolutely it's time to look at these names um, even across some of the growth leaders that's being sold off things like zero and the like um, you know certainly represent really good values at this point yeah. what about a company like Qantas today of course it should fall because we don't know what's going to happen to travel. Lots of people will be saying, I'm not flying to Europe, that's for sure, until all this settles down. But eventually, once if there is a solution, you'd think a company like Qantas would rebound pretty solidly. Yeah, Qantas, absolutely. So the thing with Qantas is because it's an airline, um, you know, the, the share price can be volatile because the expectations, um, sentiment can change, you know, people today like it, tomorrow don't like it. Um, but taking a step back, what we know, what we know is that uh, yes, um, you know, oil price is higher, but remember they have hedged for the next 12 months and then beyond 12 months, it, it does high oil price does represent a problem. And another thing we know is that we are pending a probably a multi-year boom in travel. Of course, you know, you need conflict to get over and things, but this multi-year of travel, you can't hold it back. It's coming mm. because people have been locked in their home and they're going to travel and Qantas is directly leveraged to it. And Qantas is probably the best running 
airline globally. So it is going to be so leveraged. Earnings is going to grow significantly. Now, what to do with higher oil prices? Remember many years ago when demand was strong and oil price ran up, uh, what the airline did was put through a oil surcharge. And when the demand environment is strong, people will pay for it. If you want to go travel and you pay a few hundred dollars of bill surcharge, would you do it? Yes, you would do it. So, you know, all of that together certainly make Qantas very, very, um, very, very uh, interesting, uh, very interesting at this point. But remember, a market can overreact. So in the short term, because the news flow is so negative and because there's no certainty at this point on how bad it will get, um, people can continue to sell it down into a value, uh, into a level where, you know, just completely fundamentally un un unjust. Okay. One last question before you go. Is there a stock that you're watching, the share price is falling, and like Imran Khan used to say, you want to pounce like a tiger when it gets to a low price. Look, at this point, I'm seeing so many com uh, company share price. I'm already pouncing. <laughs> uh, so uh, things like, you know, we talked about it before. You know, one of the best results out of the reporting season was Seek. And look at the share price. So it led to double-digit earnings upgrade and the share price lower than what it is before. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, so many companies we've seen. Um, some of those healthcare companies we talked to, you'll be start buying these names. You just never, it's hard to pick the very, very bottom, mm. but you know it's coming. Um, it's, it's the maximum uncertainty is the time when you actually should start at least accumulate your positions. Jinbei Lu, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. That's Jinbei Lu of Tribeca Alpha Plus. Well, I'm joined by Raymond Chan of Morgans and uh, I want to ask him about how he's investing with all the challenges, particularly a war in uh, the Ukraine. Raymond, great to see you. Thanks, Peter. Much appreciated. How, how, are you, how are you talking to your clients about investing with this war hanging over the stock market? I guess what we do is we go back to the fundamental. So go back to the basics such as, you know, what is your investment objective? Mm. There could be the share market going haywire and, you know, the market can go down for a number of years, which mm. we have seen before. Mm. However, if the client objective is for dividend, then the dividend are unlikely to be impacted severely. They will still got some form of dividend if yep. they're with the blue chips. Whereas there could be other clients who purely look for long-term growth. So if we're long-term, we talk about five years plus, mm. then we wouldn't worry about the war happening now. But whereas there's people who are you know, short-term oriented mm. or those who, who love only to buy things on, on the dip, yeah. That may be a painful market for them because obviously, you know, with a lot of small cap at the moment, uh, we have yet to see uh, uh, a meaningful short position on those small cap, mm. but the short position is emerging. So it will be difficult for that part of the, you know, of, the, of, the, of, of those investors. Mm. So if we ask me, you know, what do I think about the market, I would think, you know, it really depends on your investment objective. However, as we have seen over and over in the past history, all these crisis, uncertainty, one day it will fade. When it fades, the real fundamental, those companies with the best quality will be the first to bounce, mm. whereas those speculative ones, those concept ones are likely to fail. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about, um, let, let's just see this as a buying opportunity. And uh, because we don't know how long this war is going to go, Therefore, we don't really know how much lower can mm. various stocks go. 
Um, but if you, you know, take the, the guess that we're, we're near a bottom, and it could be wrong, and, but then take the view that where will the, that stock be in a year's time, let's look at the sort of companies that you think look like worthwhile investments sure. with a year, a year added on. What's a standout company for you? Okay, with the standout company, I would first look at the fair value of the ASX 200, yep. which I believe they're valid. So the fair value for the ASX 200 is 7,300 at the moment. Yep. So while the market is trade down, but it trade down as a slightly overvalued position to now slightly undervalued. For it to be more meaningful or you know, attractive, it has to go down to around 6,900 points. So that's the selling point. However, I do believe the market will gradually go back to the fair value. Yeah. With high earnings in the future, there will be high fair value. Yeah. Okay. For those, on those basis, I will look at you know, the blue chips company, such yeah. as the like of West Farmers. Okay, why do I like West Farmers? West Farmers is uh, a company that able to grow uh, in the past and you know, with you know, the biggest divisions such as Bunnings continue to do quite well. Mm. Yet there is some challenge with the lockdown on you know, the other, you know, the depart department store. However, I would look a little bit beyond future because obviously West Farmers acquired Kidman Resources back in 2019. Yeah, when for, for lithium? For lithium. Not mm. many people talk about lithium back then. Uh, if I purely look at the joint venture partner, because that Kidman Resources, they are 50-50 joint venture with another company. Mm then the other company been doing really well because of the lithium. Mm. With the analysts, most analysts don't even think about or have that number mm. in there because it will be in a few years time mm. with mm. the first production. So now today we're buying this company with strong balance sheet, paying you dividend. It got sold down, it's mm. got sold down over $10. Um, and uh, I think you know in, in medium term, they do have a growth roadmap supported by very credible management. So that's the first company I really like. Yep, I'll give that a tick of approval. I like West <laughs> Farmers myself. What else do you like? Well, I like Santos. Yeah. Okay, for, for two reasons. One, everyone's talking about oil at the moment. Yeah. So we are having a shortage of about a million barrel uh, per day in uh, oil before the current Russian-Ukraine crisis. Yeah. Okay, the crisis will potentially make the 7.5 million barrel uh, per day supply from Russia become displaced. Okay, yes, we talk about potential Iran, you know, there may be a chance the sanction can be eased, but that only add back 1.6 million barrel per day. So net net all that, we're still in a shortage of 5.9 million. Yep. So the fundamental for oil remain pretty strong. However, with Santos, with the company's specific situation, they successfully acquired with oil search. Mm. And we all know that the you know, majority of the Santos operation are not in Sydney. But Oil Search got a massive head office in Sydney. Shutting down that office alone will save hundreds of billions of dollars. Hundreds so of millions? Hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. Mm. Yeah. So um, with the head, we, I mean with the tailwind on the oil mm. and with potential cost synergy, Santos is bounced back, you know, from, from the low. Uh, but I think there's still potential upside yeah, from where we it are. It hasn't increased like Woodside, has it? So therefore, you, you think there's an opportunity for a bit of catch-up there. Exactly. 
Okay, there's two. You have to do better than that, mate. <laughs> at least a third one. What else do you like? Um, the, the other one, like, uh, I, I like it in the fact that, you know, it, it, the balance sheet is pretty clean. Mm. Uh, they got no debt. It's S32. Mm. Uh, S32, you know, as we know, it used to be the unwanted assets. Yeah, I would say the long crap, core the, assets. The crap assets from BHP. Yeah, from BHP. Yeah. And for many years, I look at the like of uh, aluminium, manganese. There's, there's always, you know, there's always... Second-rate minerals. Or, exactly, or, or yeah. Mining, uh, very weak demand. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it become very sexy. Mm. Okay. With the aluminium alone, uh, if we purely look at Russia, Russia supplies 6% of the world aluminium. Mm. So again, you know, with the supply shock, mm. uh, there, there could be an opportunity for S32 mm. uh, because they got operation in Australia, mm. South Africa, and also Brazil. Mm. So they got massive, world-class XBHP yeah. aluminium. And a long SS. way from Europe in a potential uh, war. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that's good. There's three good companies. Now, I also ask you to have a think about the health um, stocks. Um, we know they haven't boomed. Historically, they've been fantastic to mm -hmm. have in your portfolio, particularly American ones. But CSLs, uh, Cochlear, Resume have been great mm. companies in the past. Um, What's your view? Just, just take a one-year view on them as well. Do you think there's upside for that, that collection of great Australian healthcare companies? Um, it, it's a bit mixed, to be honest. Mm. I like CSL yeah. as a company, mm. and we think that potential for uh, bounce back. Uh, if we purely look at CSL for the past 10 years, there's really you know two years that didn't go up. Mm. Otherwise, they will share the tremendous track record of Macquarie Bank and Goodman yeah. that gone up for the past 10 years, every single year. Mm. So with CSL, certainly with the headwind in terms of plasma collection, but lately, you know, what happened is the Aussie dollars bounced back quite severely. Mm. Today, it's gone back up to 74 cents. Mm. Uh, that certainly become a headwind for them. Mm. However, for the long term, if I look at CSL long term, they certainly got a lot of um, potential to growth mm. with the existing project. They have a lot of product in the pipeline uh, and I, you know, the more I, I heard from the analysts, we can tell, you know, the plasma collection in US is getting stronger and stronger. And that was really interrupted by the COVID-19 experiences, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And CSL, you know, they, they certainly provide more incentive on that basis. So CSL, for, okay, for longer term, I'm right. okay. That's, yeah. a, that's a new <laughs> one, right. Is there a, is there one that's not as well... No, and it still could be a good company. And I'm, I'm thinking there's Resmed, there's Ramsey, there's Sonic, there's Helios. You, you, I guess you could throw in Nanosonics and even Blackmores, uh, or in the sort of health space, because Blackmores is not the same class as those companies. But is there another one, another one that Raymond Chan would <laughs> take a punt on? Sonic would be the one I'm looking at. Uh, there's you know, some talk that because of the reducing... Um, the COVID testing, mm. you know, the pathology business may not be doing as good down the track. Yeah. However, it looks like, you know, the, the global expansion seems to be doing okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, in a bad time, um, the management managed to, you know, with the right acquisition to boost the earnings. Mm. So I think Sonic may be the one to look at on yeah, the I top think of the CSL. Analysts think about 20% upside for Sonic, don't they, despite the, the good experience that they had with um, the COVID-19 problems. That's true, mm. that's true. Okay, so we've got, uh, we got um, CSL and Sonic. I won't push you for any more, but is there one other stock that you've, you're keeping your eye on? It may well not be something that will 
respond quickly in the future. Mm. Like for me personally, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on both Tyro and Zip because they've been belted up. I think in a year's time when the world gets back to normal, given where the share price is, I think it'll be a little bit higher, uh, yep. given the fact where they were. So, but is there a company that you, you're keeping an eye on that you think in the future might be a, a yep, bullet I performer? do have one. Okay. Well, um, it's not a recommendation, but no. this is a company I like, yeah. and I think it's uh, fallen quite a fair bit, but with the right reason. It's mm. Next DC. Yeah. Okay. Next DC certainly they are now the biggest uh, independent data center mm. uh, operator in in Australia. So they they basically, you know, for those who do not know data center, they are the center of the property mm. to collect all the data and work for very big company like yeah. Microsoft, you know, It's the Amazon. provider of the cloud, isn't it? Exactly. It keeps the cloud in yeah. factories all over the place. <laughs> and in terms of, you know, if we look at, you know, the like on DC, we look at the, the bigger company in the world, uh, all the data center operator in the world, we can see their share price going down. So DC just follow that trend. Yeah. However, they continue to grow. And most recently, they have the result beat the market expectation. Mm. And uh, this is certainly one, while they do not pay any dividend. Mm. We do not want them to pay dividend because they you need to the growth. growth. We yeah. want the capital to work. Yeah. So this is the one you should look at. You know, it's down to around $10 mark. Uh, the high was over 14. So it's probably the one to look at. Yeah, exactly. That's Raymond Chan of Morgan's. Well, joining us now is Paul Rickard of the Switzer Report. And despite its rapidly rising share price, which I've got to say, both Paul Rickard and myself uh, put you on to a few months ago, uh, Paul still likes BHP. That why. Paul? Well, I think it's interesting to note, Peter, just how big BHP is now part of the market. The mm. table you can screen in front of you shows you the, the weighting of the top 10 companies. And BHP is over 11.7%, Peter, so oh, uh, it's huge compared to everyone else. It's five times almost the size of Rio and more than 50% bigger than Commonwealth Bank. So if you don't have BHP in your portfolio, or at least a weighted position, you're mm. taking a lot of risk. Explain to me what you mean by the weight, Paul. Yeah, so if you've got $100,000, uh, a portfolio of $100,000, mm. if you are index weight, you'd have $11,700 invested in BHP. Yeah. Yep. Had $5,000 invested in BHP or less, you'd be underweight. $15,000, you'd be overweight. Okay. So it's important. Look, weightings don't matter for a lot of stocks, but when they get really big, um, a company like BHP, because it is so big, uh, if you don't have BHP in your portfolio, you take on a lot of what we call market risk because if you get left behind and BHP really rallies, mm. your portfolio is going to look pretty poorly. Conversely, mm. Um, you might not have any BHP, it may not be a bit, a bit of a dog, and you could be a hero, right? Okay, so why has it been going up so strong? Well, really two reasons. Um, the first reason, Peter, was that they uh, unified both the Australian Limited Company and the UK PLC Company. Yeah. And previously, the UK PLC Company wasn't included in the Australian Index. Mm. Now it's included in the Index, and that's been responsible for the major jump. Yeah. Uh, the second reason, Peter, is BHP's share price has been going up. If you see this chart in front of you, you can see that uh, since October, November, uh, you know, the price has done pretty well. It's up over $50. Mm. And also, do, because it's got so big, do fund managers, in a sense, have to buy it? As exchange-traded funds, well, they have to buy it. Well, certainly the index-based mm. funds better have to buy it, and mm. that's one of the reasons, you know, when the share price is going up, it tends to sort of be a little bit self-fulfilling because a lot of the index funds are buying. But even a lot of the active managers, and I'm not, not talking about your mid-caps, but some of your big active managers, your big Australian mm. super, 
big super funds uh, who are managing billions of dollars of money, uh, they'd be very well aware of BHP's market weighting. And to be honest, a lot of them don't want to take that much risk. In other words, they <coughs> need to sort of have close to market weighting in BHP. Otherwise, it, yeah, they risked underperformance. And of course, uh, in many cases, that could mean their investment mandate. Are there other reasons people should be buying BHP? Yeah, look, I think there are, Peter. Look, first of all, we know what's been happening with the commodity prices. Um, BHP also uh, the low, you know, has first class assets. It's the least cost or lowest cost producer now in iron ore globally of any of the major miners. Uh, it's 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 uh, been very sensible and restrained in terms of how it's managing shareholders' money. It's investing in what it calls sort of the low carbon uh, minerals of it's the future. It's going green, really. Yeah, it? so effectively things like nickel suddenly found a lot of prominence again, mm. and it's investing in the potash project in Canada, which we use as a fertilizer, so as a substitute for other materials. Uh, look, I think a lot of things right, and shareholders are getting a huge. <laughs> Uh, whammy in terms of dividends. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of things going right for BHP. And some people would be buying it and dividend funds would be buying it for the dividend. Yeah, look, on a prospective basis, just paid a $2.08 dividend in Australia. Prospective basis yield this year about 7.7%. Next year's forecast to be lower. That's because most of the analysts think lower commodity prices next mm. year. But uh, still you know, forecasting around about 5.5%. What about the risks? Well, obviously the risk, the biggest risk is commodity prices, Peter. BHP has no control over the iron ore price or the copper price, and that's fundamentally why it's been going up. So mm -hmm. if you, you know, we know that the global economic growth has been strong. There have been other factors more recently with, uh, you know, what's been going on in Ukraine that have been supporting some commodity prices. But uh, it's, it's fundamentally a planned commodities. In terms of the other risk, I mean, obviously they can have mining accidents and mm -hmm. uh, things can go wrong. The other sort of risk that worries me about BHP, and not worries me because I've got no evidence of this, Peter, is if it does a major acquisition. Mm. And that's not to say BHP shouldn't do acquisitions because you know, mines are wasting resources. They run out eventually, yeah. and mining companies have to replenish their reserves. But uh, yeah, the history of major miners buying at the top of the market, Peter, yeah. uh, is pretty strong. So I'd, I think any acquisition would need to be very closely perused. Okay. What, about, what are the actually analysts saying about the company? You know, the analysts look like BHP, Peter, but think it's overvalued. Mm. On the screen in front of you, you can see the, um, the forecast from the major brokers, and you can see the current consensus price is just under $46. Mm. That's about 9% lower than the current market price. Mm. They're not negative on the stock, but um, look, the, the biggest factor in terms of broker forecasts with uh, miners is, is, of course, their forecast about commodity prices. Yep. They're using a much lower iron ore price than the current spot price you'd expect, but uh, they're seeing at the moment as being fairly fully valued. Okay. The bottom line, Paul? Well, look, I, I think there are other factors. I think despite the analyst view, I, I like BHP. I've been liking it now for, for some months, Peter. I think the, uh, the, the merger of the assets with Woodside is going to be a bonus as well when it happens in June. Uh, I'm not sure I'd be jumping in right at the very moment, but if I didn't have any BHP in my portfolio, I'd mm. be very worried. And as I think a lot of investors are still underweight, uh, I'd be looking for opportunities to um, add BHP to your portfolio. And that's Paul Rickard of the Switzer Report. If you want to uh, get more information about the stocks that you really should be interested in, go to switzerreport.com.au. Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday night.